You're listening to The Broken Meeple Show, a podcast that speaks passionately about board games for the benefit of those who play them. My name's Luke Hector, best known for The Broken Meeple YouTube channel, and I'm an everyday gamer just like you. And I'll be talking about reviews, top tens, and just about anything that connects me to board games. As long as I have a tea or coffee in hand, that is. So grab a cup, relax, and enjoy. And remember, it's only a game. Hi everybody, Luke here in 90% health. Yeah, you're wondering why the podcast has been off for a while. Well, put simply, I've been ill. And some of you have been very kind in, you know, giving me, wishing me well and stuff like that. And still doing because I'm not 100% recovered. But I was starting to get withdrawal symptoms from not putting out any content or doing any recording. Because the the last three reviews that went up were pre-recorded before the illness. So I've had a fortnight of no recording whatsoever, and now finally I'm actually trying to do stuff. But, <clears throat> sorry, you might hear me, it just means you're going to maybe hear me cough every now and again, or, uh, you know, or take a little breather, shall we say. I've got a nice mug of tea here, ginger, sorry, ginger tea with lemon and honey, it's really lovely, and some squash, mainly just because I've got a lingering throat, you know, and that's it. I mean, basically I caught a cold, fever, you know, the works, not quite flu, but just a big cold, stayed at home for the whole week, worked from home, and things were okay by the end of the week, I just had a bit of a sore throat. I then went to a games day, and that games day meant I was talking a lot, and so what happened was that the sore throat developed into laryngitis, because I was talking too much, which meant that the last week I've had to rest my voice, which has been very raspy and difficult to chat, which means no recording. That's annoying. Now, I'm 90% better in the sense that I still have the slight throat, but I can talk. I don't, I, you know, there was a period where I sounded like Ronald Weasley on his deathbed. You know, it really was kind of bad. But now my voice is kind of back, and it just means that I've got to take my time when speaking, not go too mad, and drink fluids, like, constantly. Like, you might as well just stick a hose pipe down my throat for the amount I've had to drink. And you know, just be careful, in a sense, you know, I just got to keep it monitored, but it will go before next weekend, it should be, it should have dissipated fully, and I should be back to my usual ways, but I just want to get some content out, because you haven't had a podcast since, what, the 8th of January, so almost a month without a podcast, it's like, ooh, Luke, how dare you, but as I say, let's get on with things, so how's things going generally, uh, generally pretty, uh, well, outside of health, obviously, Things are generally pretty good. Let me grab my screen and we shall see the work. So, yeah, channel's still going good. 19,201 subscribers as I talk today. That's been steadily increasing even while I haven't been recording, which is really good. And we're well on the way to 20,000. I mean, sooner or later we're going to hit that milestone. I don't know when. I estimate April, maybe. April's doable, I think, at this rate. But... Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see that milestone because I never thought I'd get anywhere close to that. And as I say, it's only because of you lot out there that I get anywhere close to this. So, you know, thank you very much. Uh, the reviews that I've put up recently being Space Base, which was a long overdue review for AEG, Encyclopedia and Marvel United. They've gone down well, um, even if people disagreed a little bit with the Marvel United one. Some of you might be wondering what happened with a particular review for a game called Super Club. 
Super Club is a Kickstarter niche football manager game, which is self-published. It's a small game, and I did a review of it because I got a review copy for the game. And I thought I'd give it a shot because people were basically saying, oh, you know, this will be this will be something uh, good. You know, you could review this alongside Eleven, for example. The problem was, was that the, the game itself certainly didn't gel with me, let's put it that way. And by not gel, I mean I hated it. I hated the game. It's basically, you run a football team, you get the players, you get some upgrades, you roll dice to train players, you roll dice to do matches. It's basically a luck fest that goes on for anywhere between 90 minutes to 3 hours, depending on how long it takes for people to get to 100 points. It's literally like that. And I did the video, and being my usual self, I was pretty harsh on it. And by harsh, I mean I derailed it a new one. <laughs> like, I really went to town on this. And it's just the fact is, I will speak my mind. I really didn't like the game, <clears throat> and so it's just the way it is. But naturally, the uh, publishers and a few fans of the game did not take too kindly to this. I don't blame them, but then this is why I try to be honest in my reviews, because people too much sugarcoat these things. And... I got requested to take it down. Now, normally, I would stick to my guns and go, no, I'm keeping it up. You know, it's my review. It's my honest opinion and that. And I, this is what I do. And I'm not going to window dress the game and say, oh, it's actually better than I thought it was. No, I hate this game, okay? I, I don't like it at all. But I decided, you know what, in the spirit of goodwill, just take it down. You know, I just... It's a game that's not exactly the most well-known game. I mean, it's, was it ranked about four, five thousand or something on BGG? Uh, I think it's in the five thousands. It's not that well-known. It's a pretty, you know, basically, I mean, somebody's done paste-ups here, but this is kind of what it looks, uh, nope, somebody's dress it. This is all like glossy dressing, right? This is what it more looks like. You know, these cards with, you know, blank avatars, colors, stars, uh, a little mat, uh, sorry, a board for placeholders, a couple of folders, and I mean, this is your components for £55 or something, I think the RRP of this is, you know, it's pretty expensive for what you get, but it's self-published, that's kind of expected. But that, as I say, I just didn't like the game, all right? But I figured it wasn't worth the hassle. I mean, I could have gone back and made one or two minor amendments to the video to clarify a couple of rules. I um, Was it one rule that I did forget to mention and one that I could have clarified better? But it's just like, it was like a couple hundred views. And I just thought, well, I'm taking this down. I've already spent hours doing this and playing the game several times. So I've already sunk the effort into it. And... It just wasn't getting any feedback because nobody was really playing this game. So I just figured, you know what, it's not worth putting it back up. So I just decided to just knock it on the head and take it down. So if you were lucky enough to watch it, then well done. Maybe I might put it up uh, private, you know, just for my Patreons. You know, if the Patreons want to see that review, then I might just make it private for you guys. But, you know, that would that might be good, actually. You know, a little bon a bonus for the Patreons to see me go off on a complete actual angry rant so <laughs> it might be quite cool but i just didn't think it was worth putting it back up so that video is not going to be put up for public viewing it's had its time i've had i can't be bothered with the stress of it particularly when i was ill you know like i'm ill and i have to deal with this you know this is the kind of luck i get sometimes and i just figured yeah you know what 
move on. Move on to other games. There's plenty of other stuff that's more important out there. Now, if this was like a major publisher, major game, I probably would have still left it up and just gone, no, you know, sorry, that's not going to happen. But a self-published indie title, you know, in the mid 5000s, I'm not really that fast. It's not like this is going to be like Obsession, where it suddenly becomes a sleeper hit. So I just figured, nah, leave it. Not worth it. Not worth the time. Not worth the hassle. Uh, but yeah, so in terms of other content, I've already just put up a Kickstarter review for February because Kickstarter sucked the last couple of months. And so there was no point in doing anything for February, uh, for January and December because all the projects sucked. So I've done one for February now that there's more things. So by all means, check out that video. It went up yesterday and I haven't got anything pre-recorded at the moment, but I've got to do... Uh, let's see, what have I got to do? I've got to do an overdue review for coming, uh, sorry, for Come Together, uh, the hippie 60s festival game. I've also got to do a review for Skyrim, the adventure board game. I have to get played Mythic Mischief. I still haven't got that played. Um, I think that's from the same people who did the Moonrakers game. I need to get that played. Uh, but then more importantly at the moment, I also wanted to do some top 10 two-player game stuff, so I need to hurry up and start that. But here's the main thing I have to do. I have to do two Beyond the Base game videos. I have to do, well, uh, I'll get to that in a minute because it's going to factor into one of my news segments later. So yeah, plenty of stuff to get on with. It's just, it's probably going to be one video a day. Take it easy with the voice, not go mad. And we'll see. I mean, I may have to see how long this podcast can go on for for the same reason. Well, let's skip ahead and get on with it. So first thing I want to talk about, a game I've played. And this is going to shock you guys because I've played Marrakesh, as in Stefan Feld, as in the big Stefan Feld City Collection game. Luke, why on earth did you play this? You hate Stefan Feld with a passion. And you'd be right, not the guy, just the games. But the, I, you know, a friend of mine, uh, Russell, you know, he helps out with the Queen Games at UK and that, was bringing the game to my Portsmouth club, and I knew that I couldn't teach a game with my voice. So I figured, Play something that someone else is going to teach me. And if I know anything about Russ, he's played these Queen games like like down to a T. So he knows how to demo and teach these games. So I thought this will be a nice, smooth experience. So I played it. Full game. We got taught. Easy. We got stuck into the game. He explained the actions as we went through the first couple of turns, you know. And, you know, as each one of us did a different action, he explained it. And I thought, this is a really good demo. I mean, give credit where it's due. That's a very good way to demo this game. But... I have finally played it, and as you might have seen on the screen, that was a 6 out of 10. I think this is actually above average fine. You know, I mean, did you really expect me to suddenly go 10 out of 10 for a Stefan Feld game? No. But, I will give this one credit where it's due. We played a deluxe version of this, and I'm going to tell you right now the deluxe version is a waste of space. Yes, you get metal coins, but they come in a separate box, and they store one coin at a time in slots. That is the most moronic version of storing metal coins that I've ever seen. It doesn't even fit in the box. Um, it's got, like, you know, wooden keshis, as they're called, or whatever it matters, but, you know, wooden cylinders everywhere. It's got uh, the, the cube tower thing, and there's a few other little deluxe pieces for the tokens, but honestly, the deluxe version is just not worth it. Just get the retail version. It's much better. I even hear that they're coming out with a, a cheaper version soon, um, like a cheaper retail version. You might be better off just getting that, frankly. Yeah, swig of uh, ginger tea. Right, but what you actually do in this game, well, it's basically Trajan 1.5. And if you know what Trajan is, then you know this game. Because that's basically it. It's a collection of little mini-games represented by these little cylinders. So basically, you 
dump, you choose some for what actions you want to do, you dump them all in the cube tower, and then you draft the colored cylinders, and they pump up your various actions, to which your board is split into all the different colors, and each color action does a different little mini game. It's Trajan all over again. But you also have to afford to pay taxes at the end of every round, which basically if you fail to pay the tax, you pretty much lose the game because it's pretty damaging. But you can basically level up two tracks. You can grab some tiles, uh, market tiles. You can grab a few gates and stick them around your board. You can twist a little wheel and get some bonuses. You can advance up a river track. You can get points in food from farming. It's, it's a pretty generic theme as you would expect like there is no theme in this game it's completely completely lost you know and as as the way is felt but credit where it's due the building up of your board with these cylinders that makes your actions more powerful is a satisfying experience it is quite cool to suddenly go right i'm going to do this move with the white or pink keshis and suddenly my action is super powerful you know and it, is, it is cool to do that and there are different ways that you can approach the game but you know, and let's say it's colourful and it's relatively smooth in its rule set. I didn't think it was too complicated given that you've got about eight, nine mini games on your board. So credit where it's due, I did ultimately enjoy it. But there are a couple of problems that really kill this game for me. To the point where, yes, I'm giving it a six, but I don't know if I want to play this again unless we house rule things out. Firstly, I don't like the fact that you get the t one of each of these colour keshis and you have to choose for all of them during the round which means you have to do all 12 actions or whatever it is in the game. Now, if I'm focusing on certain actions, I don't want to do the actions of the ones I'm not focusing on. So it basically just forces everybody to do a bit of everything. Yeah, you may focus on one or two colors during a game for build-up, but you're still basically having to be forced to do, say, the river action if you don't want to move up the river track. Although, as I found out, getting high up the river track early is so super powerful that I'm going to try and do that every single game I play now, because I think that basically half broke the system. <laughs> you know, the amount of freebies and points you get if you can get up the top end of the river track early and then you just get all the stuff fed to you without doing anything else for the rest of the game well, that's a little bit insane but i digress this you know it was my first game so that's probably just <laughs> impressions but the idea with these other actions you know like a gray action you get these tiles that you can get for special abilities or other opportunities and I just found those tiles to be so underwhelming. The grey tiles, it's like, these powers are not that impressive for the most part. And even if you do get to the higher ones up there, it takes ages to afford them. And by the time you get them, the game's practically ended, which means that you don't get much chance to utilize them. So I just don't see the point of these tiles. I just think they're a waste. But again, I digress. So that's one thing. But that's a smaller aspect I don't like. The big aspect is this cube tower. I don't think it works because you dump things in, uh, where is it? Uh, yeah, this picture will do. So you dump things in this cube tower and some of them will stick around and then they come out and you sort them in the colors. Then players draft from those colors. But the problem is, is that you can take up to two if they're of the same color and it's random as to how they come out and how they distribute it. And turn order is not something you can influence. It happens on a rotation and it's like that. So you can have a turn where all the stuff you need comes out at once when you're not expecting it and because you're later in turn order, by just sheer mechanics, you don't get anything you need. So everybody takes what you need, and suddenly the resource you need is drained for the rest of the round. That's annoying. 
that's irritating and punishing to basically have turn order and dumb luck of the tower screw you over. It's not like you can tell what actions opponents are going to do. There's 12 in the game, okay? 12 different ones and four players. You are not going to memorize what actions they can do because it's like behind a hidden screen. So it's stupid. Yeah, that's never going to happen. But it just means that you have turns where somebody gets less than others by pure bad luck. I had one round, kid you not, I got a single grey Keshi. Other people got about three or so of these things. I got one Keshi the entire round. That really does nerf me because it's a tempo hit. Because they're all getting more powerful actions and I'm stuck on the same power level as I was the previous turn. It, it's really irritating. And I just find that to be, like, I just find that to be punishing. You know, I get, can get screwed over by random, plans can go awry by pure dumb luck. And for a game that lasts over two hours, that's not kind of something I want. I mean, this is the thing I find with Stefan Fell. I don't think his games do mitigation enough, because I can't mitigate that. There's no way I can mitigate it. I can choose which three actions I want to do, but that's it. And even then, you can only choose the three actions once each in the round, unless you get the red ones. So I'm forced to do other actions, even if I don't want to do them. And I just don't I have no control of what's coming out of here. And it's, I don't know, I just find that off-putting. You know, it was done better in Amerigo, I think, because it affected everybody. But, you know, it affected everybody kind of equally. But here, it's like, turn order really does screw you over. And I can't control the turn order. So I just found that really off-putting. And it's enough to really kill my experience, unless there's a way that you can house rule this tower out. Because honestly... The tower isn't really that necessary. If you remove that tower and just drafted from the 12 that people put in, I don't see how that would unbalance the game any more than what it already is. You know, I, you know from, that, from that mechanism, I mean, not the whole game. So, you know, why have the cube tower in there? It just feels like it's failed shoving a mechanic in for the mechanic self and just to have something cool to make the box more bigger than it needs to be. Because this is no slouch to store. But... I overall enjoyed it. I just think those problems I have are big problems for me. <clears throat> so, yeah, would I play it again? Maybe three players max, because I don't really see the big deal having four players, because all it does is just means that you get screwed by the turn order even more. But it also means that you can have bad turns, like in La Havre, and it just elongates the game. You don't interact with other players other than the draft bit. It's not like if I do an action, it does something for you. So there's pretty much zero player interaction it's a solitaire game, frankly. So this could be a fun solo game, maybe. I'm not even sure there's a solo mode in it. But yeah, as a multiplayer game, I just found this okay. It's not something that I'm desperate to play again. I'm glad I tried it, though, because I figured it'd been a long time since I played a failed game. And it was about time to see whether my taste had changed. Well, perhaps I don't hate... You know, perhaps I was expecting to hate this a lot more than I did. So that's something positive. And for me to give a failed game a 6 out of 10, I think it's pretty good going from my point of view, frankly. But yeah, it's fine. You know, I don't hate it. I just think those two problems I have with it really do hurt my experience. But I'm sure there's a bunch of people out there who love this game a bit. Although, only ranked 2,500. So it's not like it's the best thing ever. I mean, people are saying, oh, it's my favorite game of 2022. Really? I know 2022 wasn't a particularly great year, but uh, I could think of some better games. <laughs> I mean, I did the top 10, so, so this would never hit my top 10, put it that way. All right, let's do a bit of news then. Okay, so let's move on very quickly to some news. First off, uh, let's do this one first. So I mentioned that I uh, was going to do another project in February, and I couldn't talk about it earlier. Hit some of that ginger tea in, and... 
This is why. Because Asmodee have asked me and a bunch of other people, obviously it's not just me, but basically we have to do some videos for this. Seven Wonders. Seven Wonders Edifice, or Edifice, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but it's basically the newest expansion to come out and they're really pushing Seven Wonders this month. They've sent me Armada, because I didn't have that for the second edition, I only had it for the first, and they've sent me this new one. And the idea is, is that I need to do two videos. I need to do a Beyond the Base game for everything up to Armada, because I've not done a Beyond the Base game for Seven Wonders, so I'm sure some people are going to want to see that. But I'm also going to do a separate Beyond the Base game video for Edifice on its own. And Edifice is basically a re-implementation of the Projects module from the Babel expansion, which was... I liked the Babel expansion from the first edition. I even liked the Babel Tower. But a lot of people didn't, and I can see why. But this is basically an idea that when you can support a project, you can spend an additional cost when you do your particular card action. And if you do, you help support that project. And if it goes off, then everybody who contributed gets a cool reward. But if it fails, everybody who didn't contribute gets a massive penalty. And these penalties can be pretty severe. I mean, I'm just looking at this one here. There's one in the middle, Project Cold Reserves. And if you succeed, it gets you 15 bucks. That's a lot. But then if you fail, you lose nine. Ouch. <laughs> that really hurts. So I'm curious to see how easy it is to keep up with these during the game because it was quite hard to maintain them. But I'm up for more Seven Wonders expansions, particularly another two wonders. I'm really keen to check out those. They've got some very nice artwork on them as per usual. But yeah, um, I haven't tried it yet. It's still in shrink wrap because I only got it from the uh, post office this morning. And I look forward to trying it on Monday. You know, I'm going to give it a shot. To, you know, I might even be able to play it later today, actually, if I'm lucky, if somebody comes around. But, you know, I'll certainly get those two videos done as quick as I can. I mean, I can pretty much do the video for the other Seven Wonders expansions already, because I already know how to play um, Armada. I just need to have the components in front of me to talk about those. But yeah, I'm looking forward to doing these two. And like I say, I am definitely up for more Seven Wonders content, because it still remains, hands down, my favorite light drafting game you know easily nothing else comes close to it other games have tried and they've all failed <laughs> all right uh, next one is imperial miners imperial miners six unique factions unite to explore underground treasures you might be thinking hang on is this related to yes it's related to the portal games imperial settlers series as they're now calling it which i'm not sure you really want to make that a series because it's quite a generic title but this is essentially a standalone game, separate from Empires of the North, which is my favorite, and Imperial Settlers. It's just got that same style of artwork in it. This is designed by Tim Armstrong, though. And I don't really know Tim Armstrong. I'm not even sure if he's designed other games. Let's have a look. Designer Tim Armstrong. Uh, let's see. He's done Orbis. Never played. Arcana Rising. Never played. Kaiju Crush. Never played. Bad Maps. Never played. Uh, yeah, I haven't played any of his games, but maybe some of these played Orbis and could tell me what that's like. But, I mean, rank 2,137, rank 21,000, rank 4,000. So this isn't somebody who's, like, designed a ton of well-known games. But, you know, as I say, there are a lot of new designers that come out of the woodwork and surprise us. 20 to 60 minutes? Yeah, I'll be the judge of whether this can be played in 20 minutes, thank you very much. But we'll see. But the idea is, is that this is a light engine building card game for one to five players, which uh, players excavate mines using a clever card activation system set in the Imperial Settlers universe with great illustrations, easy rules and satisfying gameplay of chain reactions and engine building synergies. OK, so you know what? I'm down to try this out. I like this series. I like this artwork. 
I, you know, a nice simple game that can house up to five players as long as it's not unbalanced or too long at five does sound up my street. Um, I'm gonna, and I like these little light engine builders. You know, th- th- this is the kind of light engine builder I'm more into. These card ones, as you know, like Empires of the North, which I do give a lot of praise to. So I uh, don't know when this one is likely to come out. It's certainly some point this year, but uh, yeah, sign me up to uh, giving this one a review and seeing what it's like because we don't really know a lot about it at the moment but uh hopefully this will be as good as empires of the north and whatever it is that'd be like a 10 out of 10 but yeah i do really like empires of the north but this one yeah give you know color me intrigued i want to know more so i'm certainly anticipating this one and note it's not a kickstarter all right <clears throat> now the big one expeditions and a lot of games are called expedition or expeditions seriously think of better titles for your games people because there's way too many of them on board game geek but this is the thing that's generating the hype at the moment expeditions from stonemeyer this is a tile exploration sequel to scythe and i love scythe it's on my t- it's on my uh, shelf behind me i played it a couple of weeks in fact the day when i lost my voice i was playing scythe which would have been a lot better had we not introduced a sixth player at the last minute who had not played the game and played with chronic slowness. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, People, seriously, if you're going to play these sort of games, do your turn. Like, Figure out what you're going to do on your turn before it's your turn. Plan ahead. Don't, like, sit around, doss around, get distracted or whatever, and then get to your turn and then start going, right, what can I do? It's like, no, think about this ahead of time. And we'll go a lot quicker. But I was starting to lose the will to live, waiting for my turn to come back round, when I'd already planned the next five turns. So come on, you know, this is getting ridiculous. But I digress. Scythe. So what have we got here? New adventure, massive meteorite, blah, blah, blah. That's the setting. So competitive card-driven engine-building game of exploration. Play cards to gain power, guile, and unique abilities. Move your mech to locations and gain cards. So there's not a huge amount that's being revealed about this game other than what's on the Stonemaier website. It, of course, uses that same great artwork, so this is going to look great on the table. Hopefully it will have fairly smooth rules. Uh, I do not give a monkeys about metal mechs. I've, you know, you know, metal mechs are actually, I think they're bad, actually. I much prefer the plastic mechs. The metal just look weird. But 60 to 90 minutes, so this is proving, this is suggesting that it's going to be a mid-weight, lighter-weight uh, game to scythe, shorter game to scythe. Although I have done a seven-player game of Scythe in 90 minutes before when we all know what we're doing. That was brilliant. But, you know, we're not, we don't know a huge amount about this. We just see some really nice artwork and, you know, that's what everybody's hyped about. Because everybody loved, a lot of people love Scythe. And so just mentioning that this is a sequel to Scythe suddenly gets everybody hyper. Now, let me throw a small caution to the wind and maybe just reel back that hype train a little bit, okay? Firstly... Until we get some independent reviews of this, we have no idea what this is going to be like. And I do mean independent reviews. I mean people who aren't on his best friends list. But also, I'm curious the fact that, bear in mind, people should kind of realise that for most of us, Stonemaier have not released a decent game since Wingspan. For some people, they haven't released a single decent game since Scythe. You know, and for others, it's probably not a decent single game since Tapestry, but I... I, I believe Tapestry was a broken, unbalanced mess. So for me, Wingspan was the last great game that Stonemaier did. And I do love Viticulture and I do love Scythe. This early days of Stonemaier, brilliant games. But Pendulum, Between Castles of Mad King, what was that Bezier? 
Uh, no, um, what did Stonemaier do? St didn't they do... Oh, yeah, Rising, Red Rising or whatever it is. That was horrible. Sorry. Play Fantasy Realms. It's a lot better. Tapestry, Broken Mess. Charterstone, boring. Did not really find that interesting. Oh, no, they did do a Between Two Castles. Um, yeah, they did Between Two Cities. And then they did, like, the pseudo-sequel Between Two Castles of Mad King Ludwig. Both, I mean, Between Two Cities is kind of dull and boring and kind of dependent on the group. And does anybody play Between Two Castles of Mad King Ludwig? In fact, I'm kind of surprised it's ranked 637 because I have not seen a single soul playing that game. Why is it ranked 637? It makes no sense. Um, Euphoria was okay, but again, it was a bit of balance issues. And Libertalia was fine, but Libertaria already existed, so you can't really take credit for simply just bringing it out again with the similar rules and a new gloss of paint. Uh, Pendulum was garbage. That was absolute garbage. Rolling Realms, whatever. So, like I say, for me personally, there's been nothing since Wingspan. So, you know, they've got to build up a reputation for me now. But that's the thing. Expeditions could be amazing, and I'm certainly going to review it. Not as a review copy, I have pre-ordered it, <laughs> so I have pre-ordered it, I've forked out my own cash for this, and I will give you an honest review when it comes out, much like I did with Viticulture World. Same situation. I bought it, waited for it, did the review when it came out. <laughs> you know, out of my own kind heart, I guess. But I will see what this is like, and hopefully I'll really love it. Because I would like them to put out a really good game again. You know, they put out three of my favourite games of all time. And then they just put out mess. So, can we go back to that stage where you put out a game that I can just shout from the mountaintops and say, this is fantastic. It's certainly in the right setting. But again, Tapestry was technically meant to be in the right setting. A civilization game. And what did that turn into? Level up four tracks with the most unbalanced factions and cards I've ever seen. Like, development, question mark. So... Not exactly jumping on the hype train for expeditions like a lot of other people are. Like, people are going mad for this. It's literally the Avatar meme of, you know, foaming at the mouth, trying to, like, contain their hype. I am a little bit more reserved than that, okay? So, you know, hopefully it'll be great. Don't know much else, but I've pre-ordered it. I will review it. It's going to happen, and I strongly ask you to give that a watch when you do because you know me I'm not going to sugarcoat these things so I will give you what I will tell you exactly what it's like but fingers crossed it'll be good because I do want it to be good it sounds like it'll be a good game you know multi-use cards and a bit of a hand management a little bit of bag pool building you know it sounds cool just don't mess it up this time okay <laughs> please Right, let's move on to the main event, and I just had to take a sort of blow my nose for a minute there, so I had to leave the room for a second, hence the fade out. But, yeah, so, a lot of people have reflected on their games from their previous anticipated lists, and I figured, you know what, why not? If you haven't seen my 2023 anticipated list, go check it out. You'll notice it's kind of hinting that there's not a lot I'm looking forward to in 23, and, uh, frankly, can you blame me? Because most of the stuff that's been announced is Kickstarter projects. And not a lot of them are interesting me, frankly. So trying to come up with a top 10 was tricky. But the thing is, I was excited to get this. And Imperial Miners, I'm like, oh, cool. That would be quite cool. Expeditions, lesser so. But again, interesting. It's like these straight-to-retail games are more interesting to me than a giant Kickstarter with a bucket load of miniatures and just tons of like money you throw at it. So, you know, maybe just don't use Kickstarter all the time. Especially not for pre-orders, people. But I digress. 
So what I want to do is just very quickly go over the uh, videos I did. So I'm not going to put sound on because this will obviously muck up things. But basically I've done these two videos. So um, in fact that's the wrong one. That's the expansions one. Let's go to the other one. But I've done these two videos, so by all means give them a watch. I'm not going to go through all 20 things on here. I'm going to gloss over a few of them. I'm going to focus on others, uh, maybe direct to videos if need be. Some of them haven't even been released. Some of them may have been anticipated and they never came out, so there's not much I can say about them. But uh, I'm just going to casually go through it. I'll put the video on mute and we'll see what happens. So, uh, ugh, oh my god, is this what I looked like back then? I know it's technically only January 22, but... Oh my god. Ah! Let's go back. Ah! Sorry. <laughs> Dice tower plug there. Right. Okay, so let's have a look. Well, all right. well, why don't we just start with this one? So, Frostpunk. Check out my review for Frostpunk. I was highly anticipating this game. This was my number one uh, from that year, and yeah, it didn't disappoint. I love this game. This game is a fantastic thematic immersive experience just a bit too hard and certainly quite long i wish it was shorter i wish it was a bit easier to sort of get to the table it's definitely going to be one of those times where i'm just feeling like an event on a weekend but it is great fun when you play it and i'm certainly going to use those unofficial easy society cards that someone's put on board game geek uh, because frankly i think the game is too hard as it stands you need a decent amount of luck to get through some of those missions, particularly the intro one. So I'm going to use the Easy Society cards, frankly, from now on, because I think it would just be more, it you know, it balances out the difficulty curve. I don't need the game to be nigh on impossible when I play it, okay? So give me a break. But yeah, this one really didn't disappoint. It was my number one anticipated. It was my number one of the year. This is probably not going to get any mention in the Dice Tower Awards, which I'm a little bit concerned, actually, because I looked at some of the stuff that's being nominated in the Dice Tower Awards, and it's like, oh dear. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have some controversial topics, I think. But the thing is, Frostpunk came out so late in 22 that for the awards, it's probably going to get moved to 23, which is probably a good thing, because then it means it can get reflected at some point. But by then, people will have kind of died out on Frostpunk. So again, I think it's a bit harsh on the game. But Frostpunk beat out all, most of the other nominations in some of those categories, particularly for things like theme and that and co-op games. So it just feels a bit just of a shame that it will get missed out. But yeah, check out my review. It's a lengthy one. And check out Paul Grogan's tutorial videos that he's doing to learn how to play it. It's a great fun game. In fact, we even did a playthrough at his house on his channel. Go check that one out as well if you want to watch me play the game. So, all right, so that was uh, that one. So we skipped ahead a bit. Let's go back to 10. Divinus. Divinus has not come out yet. Uh, it's one that I think I backed, so it should be working just fine. But I, I'm less anticipating this one now. The main reason I backed it was just because my mates wanted to play it because uh, they wanted a light, app sort of partially app-driven legacy-style game that we could play that was relatively easy and enabled you to build up. It was fine. I played, I did a preview of it. I played like the first couple of missions as a prototype with them. <sighs> Will it be any good when it comes out? I don't know, but it certainly needs a bit more polish from that prototype. Um, and I didn't like, uh, well, I didn't mind it, but I wasn't a fan of, oh, what was it called? Um, what was the previous one they did? Lucky Duck. Uh, it's, it feels so generic. I can't remember. It was the other app-driven one. Ah, that's going to bug me now. What was it? Come on, board game geek. It was a, uh, let's see, Lucky Duck. Let's go advanced search. 
most of you have already uh, figured this out, but some of that. Lucky Buck, Lucky Duck, Lucky Duck Games. Right, search, submit. What was it? Was it Colonies? Oh, great. It's going to find everything they've ever made. That's not going to... Ah, Destinies. That's it. Destinies. I gave it a 6 out of 10. Solo mode was broken in it, and I don't think the competitive thing worked. Wasn't that interesting, the story, and I just got bleh. You know, wasn't that fine. Will this be any good when it comes out? Maybe, but I'm not exactly looking forward to it. It's just... It's going to arrive. I'll try it, and we'll see what it's like. All right. Let's move on to 9. Perseverance. Oh, man. Yeah, that was a... <clears throat> controversial one wasn't it um you know i played both episodes of this mind clash game and i love a lot of the mind clash stuff but they are starting to get to this point where i think they're just overcomplicating games for their own good i didn't agree at all with this two episodes in the boxings it means if you don't like one game you're stuck with it you have to like keep it storage wise it was pricey and i played it i've reviewed it go check out my review but again i like some of it but the fact that it is so long, so much AP, so much setup time, a very complicated AI system for solo mode, and the fact that you barely have any turns. This is a game where you're like getting 12, 13 turns in the game, and some of those turns could literally just be go to a spot and pick up two scrap. I mean, this this one did not work, and some people love it to bits, and I feel that there's a bit too much forgiveness here. Like, they just like the fact that it's heavy, or they just like the fact that it's dinosaurs, or they love the fact that it's Mind Clash and David Turksy, I don't know, but there was a lot of problems I had with this. Not to be a bad game, but certainly not to give it a recommendation seal, but check out our review for that one for more details. Alright, let's have a look. Fall of the Mountain King. I enjoyed my preview of it. I have not played the actual game yet, despite the fact it's on my shelf right there. Um, I need to learn the rules to it again, I need to find time to get it out to play... The cold has not helped, and certainly my lack of a voice is not helping at the moment, but I don't I don't think I'll really do a full review of this game, because it's one I backed on Kickstarter, so it's not one that's been commissioned to me, but may, maybe I'll do a quick draw review, but don't expect this one anytime soon. I'll review it when I can. So, But I'm, in, I'm looking forward to trying it, because I thought Hall of the Mountain King was going to be a waste of space, and, well, I was proven wrong. It was a really, really, really good game. That's also on my shelf. I wouldn't have backed this one if I didn't like the previous one. All right. Seven. Uh, Wayfarers of the South Tigris. Oh, yes. I've done a review for this. I put it at my number two of my top ten of 2022. This was a brilliant game. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, Euro. Um, I guess it didn't have... I guess I didn't have many images to share on that one. But, all right, fine. You can just look at my weird face. But this one is just... This one's really enjoyable. So, you know, it's Garfield Games. I love Garfield Games. They do a lot of great stuff. They just know how to design a Euro for me. Yet to play Explorers, although I've got the expansion for it now, so hopefully that'll happen soon. And I'm Paladins was a weaker link for me, and I know that's sacrilege to some of you, but it just was. Uh, but Wayfarers, Viscounts, Architects, Raiders, oh, I love those four games, and this is no exception. This was my number two of the year. I kind of anticipated it mainly because it's Garfield Games, and as I say, I put Scholars, I think, was it my number one? I think it was my number one on my anticipated 23 list, and with good reason, because they just keep putting out hit after hit after hit, and they they only use Kickstarter as a pre-order, but they fulfill on time for the most part, and they at least, you know, are upfront with what's in it, they don't try and put FOMO stuff in the Kickstarter campaign, so it's mainly just a pre-order. And honestly, I can just wait for it to come out on retail and just buy it because I don't really need to back it. But yeah, 
you know, I'm definitely looking forward to Scholars. And this one was a brilliant start to the South Tigris line. So by all means, check out that review for more details. Hell, the last saga. By the time this comes out, I'm going to be fed up with it. I mean, it looks cool. The artwork looks great. And I love Tainted Grail. So the idea of a, another sort of dark narrative co-op in this really grisly sort of Vikingish setting sounds amazing. But the fact that this game is taking forever to make, it's long overdue, means that by the time it comes out, I'm just not going to be bothered with it. You know, seriously, hurry up and bring this game out if you're going to do it. But man, look at that image. This image of like a like a skeletal stag that's like half mutated, half dead or whatever with this strange half naked lady, well, totally naked lady on it with a, a weird sort of hair for face, mutated fire stag horns. This thing looks, this artwork looks fantastic. Yeah, so I'm definitely eager to try this, but hurry up. <laughs> Could you hurry up, please, and get it done? Uh, next up, Merchants of the Dark Road. Check out my review video for that one, but this one was pretty disappointing. I was expecting a lot more uh, gameplay-wise, considering that Honey Buzz was decent, but not amazing. But Atlantis Rising was, again, decent, not amazing. But they're so well produced. These games look so gorgeous. This one was just a bit of a disappointment, though. I thought the gameplay was kind of generic. I thought the gameplay took took too long. I felt that there just wasn't a lot of interesting stuff you did in the game. And even component-wise, I mean, it looks gorgeous and that, but it's quite dark on the board, so it's not quite as colourful. And the storage insert, somebody needs to be flogged for that because that was a garbage insert that was used for the game. You know, where was the design decisions on that one? But yeah... Check out my review video. I was highly anticipating that this would be really cool. And at the end of the day, it just turned out to be a bit of a dud. And frankly, I don't hear many people talking highly of it or praising it or anything like that. So I'm not alone in this. But oh, look at it. It looks so nice. It was a cool idea, but it just, I think the execution just didn't work. Uh, Stellaris. Oh, yeah, this could be like a Hell the Last Saga thing. I've played the computer game so i've had good fun with this i'm definitely down to getting a decent 4x space game in my collection because twilight imperium is too long and i can't stand eclipse and yes i have backed voidfall but uh yeah that could be a little bit of a problem in terms of um you know how complicated that is see mind clash but i'm definitely down to see if academy games can pull this off but the way they handled the kickstarter and the way that the project updates are kind of a bit infrequent leads me to believe that there's some problems so i'm worried that this is going to be a bit like that um uh not rising sun what was it called uh was it rising suns or something suns there was a space game that came out ages ago i wonder if i can find it if i just put in the word suns because i'm oh burning suns i think it was i think it was burning suns this was a kickstarter oh yeah this kickstarter from ages ago and i remember backing it and going this concept sounds amazing and then it took forever to come out and then by the time it did i just couldn't be bothered to play the game because it was too overwrought the rule book i'd heard had problems and the hype had just died down for it and i just thought i haven't got the patience for this now so this one just missed out by not getting handled well and so i'm worried that this one will be a similar problem but we'll see when it comes out now or never i did a review of this one and yep this is a bit of a dud from the great raven games i'm looking forward to the distant skies i still have you know haven empires of the void 2 near and far and sleeping gods on my shelf 
though it has been a while since I've played them all, uh, mainly just time. This looks gorgeous. It's got a cool combat system. Unfortunately, I don't get the building system in it. I think the building system is like one of the weirdest mechanical things in the world. You have them in the grid and you have to build from the outside in. Why? That makes no sense. But this one just dragged on. This was like a game that took now three hours to finish. It was so long and it didn't need to be. And I'm like, why would I play this when Near and Far exists? Why would I play this when Sleeping Gods exists? It just wasn't that fun. And when I played it solo... It just wasn't that fun as a solo game. The story narratives weren't that interesting. And this one I just think was a bit of a dud overall. Z Garcia really loves this one. And I don't get why. Because this is... I wouldn't have expected him to. But Tom Vassell doesn't like it much either. So I'm kind of more in his band camp with this. But yeah, I did a review of this, I believe. So check out that video and see for yourself. Endless Winter. Ah, yes. I did put this at number 10 on my top games of 2022. It didn't disappoint didn't blow the doors off but I do give props there's a lot of stuff I like in this game and I think it's beautiful I think for the retail version what 35 pound 40 pound you can buy the retail version for I think it's a fantastic value for money um, benchmark because I talked about Super Club earlier I mean worth 50 quid no it shouldn't be and I've just done the um I played the Skyrim adventure board game and for 120 pound that that wants you to pay at retail that is the biggest waste of cash I've seen for that game the component quality and content of that game is not worth 120 pound I can tell you that now so rip off and Marvel United all the stuff that that costs I mean ugh, insane yes I know that if you backed um, Skyrim you got it for $68 plus shipping and tax but still it's not the best component quality in that game here everything is fantastic in terms of its aesthetics and component quality and it costs 40 pound come on I think it wins but you know you get the deluxe version like I've got and it looks even better but obviously it costs a lot more but no this was a good fun game I really enjoyed it I you know I like th this is a very smooth system if anything hurts it it's the fact that I think the engine gets a bit too powerful in the last round to the point where you can literally just spam the entire board and do what you like. So differentiation be down at that point. And the solo mode is way too easy. Like you have to play on expert levels in order to actually get a challenge from the AI. But it is a cool system. So I really, I do like the game. How often I'll get it to the table, I don't know. That is the thing. But, you know, at least it won't be too hard to get it to the table because it's a relatively smooth uh, rule system. Uh, maybe they can tweak it, although there's too many expansions for it at the moment. Again, this is another problem with the Kickstarter of being, look, why did you bring out three expansions for this game when it should have just bought the retail version and tell us if we like it or not? But I like it, so check out my reviews I've done for it. I've done a review and everything. And I already mentioned Frostbite. Right, let's come off that and move very quickly on to anticipated expansions. Now, this is the stuff I'm really looking forward to each year. Ooh, expansions. I mean, this year... There's not many expansions I can think of, but again, Edifice, but also Ark Nova, Aquarius. New expansion for Ark Nova! <laughs> yes, I cannot wait for that. That's going to be amazing. Oh, but as I say, I'm more excited for an expansion to a game I love than I am a brand new game. Just says it all, really, about the industry. Mm. Nope, it didn't just zone out. I just took another swig, and that's all it's done. Ginger tea, lemon slice, spoonful of honey, heated up, does wonders for the fact that my throat has even lasted this long, frankly. But we better get through this quick. Righty, so let's have a look. Number 10 was the Futurama Cats. Okay, that was unexpected. What was it? Oh, was this Isle of Cats? 
I do like these movie memes I put in these videos. Ah, yeah, the Isle of Cats, Kittens and Beasts. This was okay. It it adds a couple of nice things. These kittens are cute as hell, though. I do love these kittens. So, look at these. They're adorable. <laughs> I love cats. I love cats so much. Um, this is fine. It's overpriced. Oh, my word, is these expansions overpriced. I mean, the value of this game, money-wise, is not good. But it is a nice addition. I like the kittens addition. Uh, the Beast Edition I can take or leave, and I'm not a fan of the third module, I forget what it was. This was okay. Mainly I just liked getting the new uh, map boards and stuff like that. But this one I was just, I wasn't expecting a ton of, but, you know, it it's nice. It's a pretty game. It's still a fun game, but I don't really like bringing this one out often because it's got a good solo mode in it. I'll give it that, but mm, the thing's trying to buffer at the moment, so we'll hopefully get that. But... This one I just find takes a long time in multiplayer, and that's what puts me off wanting to bring it out. But it's still a fun game. I do like it. So I'm really going to have to just think hard about whether this is going to stay in the collection much longer. All right, number nine. Right, slight Wi-Fi issue there. Okay, right, Wrath of the Lighthouse for Empires of the North. Oh, this was a bit of a letdown. I was really looking forward to a bunch of cool solo scenarios for that game, but because there's not a huge amount in the box... Yeah, you can play these scenarios on their own, but as a campaign, this thing had problems. Oh my word, this thing had uh, like grammar issues, it had language translation issues, it had mistakes, actual mistakes in the rulebook and on the cards. It was just a very clunky system. I mean, there was a couple of mechanics in the first couple of missions that you could not understand from the rulebook. It was insane. So this one just ended up being a bit of a dud. Not a lot of people have talked highly of it, and... It just goes to show, Portal, you need to work on this development side and make certain that you put out a fully polished product and get rules editors. I know you don't do stuff with Paul Grogan having anymore, but like, get a rules editor for your rule books. They need to be put into the place. But yeah, this could have been really, really awesome, and it just turned out to be a bit of a dud. You know, I liked it okay. I'm glad I played it, but I couldn't really recommend it. All right, number eight was Energy Empire Cold War. I've not really had a chance to play all this module yet. It took ages to arrive, but, and I like a couple of things in it that I think I've tried. I don't know, some of the really mini stuff, like just adding more stuff to the game. But I've yet to use that Doomsday Clock thing. I've heard that's pretty cool. But yeah, I would like to actually hurry up and get this one played. I just haven't had the time, really. I haven't brought the game out in a while. But I'm definitely down for... You know, more more factions was great, more cards was great. I just haven't tried this Doomsday Clock yet. But I'm hearing good stuff. But any excuse to get this game out would be cool, because this is definitely, I think, Luke Laurie's second best work. Even though I think it was a co-design with Tom Jolly. Alrighty. And uh, let's see. Seven was... Uh, my number seven? What was number seven? Oh, man. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, you want to... This is probably the biggest letdown out of all my anticipated games actually caverner frantic fiends although i say biggest letdown i don't think i was expecting too much from it mainly i think i was anticipating it because it's caverner and i love caverner but check out my beyond the base game video i did for this this is very unlike the rest of caverner it essentially tries to make it more like agricola it tries to make it as tight and as punishing as agricola was I don't want to play Caverner to be like Agricola. Go play Agricola if you want to play Agricola. Leave me with my Caverner. 
but this has you defending your settlement from orcs that move by some weird random card system which either favors or completely screws players over at random you build traps which take a lot of time it just it makes the game super super tight and if that's what you want fine but I really did not like this. I think I gave it a 3 out of 10. I thought this was just a bad expansion. And a lot of people agreed, but there are some fans of this who really, really like this. And I think it's the ones who wanted it to be more like Agricola. Again, Forgotten Folk... Uh, is Caverna? Yeah. Forgotten Folk expansion I've got over there is miles better. And you can't use Forgotten Folk with Frantic Fiends. They're not compatible. Fail. Absolute fail. So you've disregarded the best expansion you did for the game... And you've put in an expansion I don't like. This was this was bad. Check out my review video for the full reasons. But yeah, did not like. Me no likey. Number six was... What have we got here? Oh, man, have people been going at me for this. Pursuit of happiness, nostalgia. Luke, when's it coming out? Luke, when's it coming out? You're the ambassador for this game. When's it coming out? Trust me, I want it too, you guys, all right? <laughs> you know, our tippy are going to send me this and the big box when it's made. But they've had a lot of delays... And they've been nice about it. I mean, they've been adding more content to the stuff free of charge as a, uh, you know, as a sorry. But yeah, can you hurry up and finish this, please? Because I want to bring out Pursuit of Happiness again. And I want to try this expansion out. And I want to get that big box for storage. Because it's very tricky to hold everything in that tiny Artibia game style box size. So I want the big box of this. I want this badly. This is definitely highly anticipated. Just hurry up and finish it. Please, I will review this expansion when it comes out, along with the big box, I promise you. Alrighty, number five. Let's have a look. Oh man, I had this this high. Unexpected. Marvel Champions Sinister Motives. Well, I mean, it was good. The characters, and um, uh, Miles Morales and Gwen Stacy, uh, Spider-Woman, oh, sorry, uh, what is it Gwen Stacy calling it? Oh, Ghost Spider. Um... They're cool characters to play. I quite like some of the villains in here, like Mysterio and the Sinister Six you get to fight. Venom Goblin is stupidly hard and overpowered, although I did beat him on my first go, partially, I think, by fluke, and partially because I think Ghost Spider is just um, designed to beat him. I think it's just one of the best ones to use against Venom Goblin, but... Man, he's tough. You know, the wrong stuff comes out for you. You are done. And this did highlight the fact that I'm a little bit annoyed that Marvel Champions has thrown in way too big a difficulty curve creep into this game. Some of these later villains that they're throwing in are just stupidly hard. And I don't want the game to be stupidly hard. I want it to be relatively straightforward and easy, then can be made harder. Don't make it stupidly hard so I can't make it easy. I hate it when they do it that way around. But this was fine. It's another expansion. I mean, did one come out since? Oh, yeah, Mutant Genesis. That came out during the year, so that was not on the anticipated. And honestly, I kind of prefer Mutant Genesis, I think, overall. But as I say, I haven't played a lot of Marvel Champions lately because time. And the fact that you've got a deck build. I don't have time to deck build. I have to take my deck off the internet and just put it together and pilot it. But... Yeah, I really need to get this out and play it at some point. You know, I do miss it. I do like it, but it's just time. Time, time, time. Alrighty, four was Architects of the West Kingdom Works of Wonder. Yes, this was a really fun expansion, but not as good as the Artisans one. Uh, although this one does do two things that's fantastic. Firstly, it really improves the solo mode. This solo mode sheet here, it may look complicated, but it's actually not that difficult to work with. But it actually makes Architects of the West Kingdom good to play solo. 
and I never thought that would happen. But it does. It's based a bit on the system that Viscounts of the West Kingdom had, and even Wayfarer seems to have taken a little bit of a leaf out of this book. But it works. It's a really good solo mode. I really enjoyed it. Now, the rest of the expansion, hmm, it's decent. But the wonders don't have a big enough impact on the game because it takes a long time to build them. People don't tend to collaborate to them. And they just don't seem to be that great. I love the princess and the profiteer that goes around. I think that's a great mechanic. The problem is you can't really have that without the wonders. You kind of need them. So I'm a little bit mixed with this expansion. I mean, if I didn't have... I've got the playmat in that, so I kind of want to use it. And if I didn't have that expansion in the game, I wouldn't be too fussed as long as I had artisans in there. But the solo mode is worth the price of admission. This was a really, really good solo mode improvement. Uh, Robinson Crusoe Book of Adventures, still not released. Um, I have not played Robinson Crusoe in ages. But I look forward to getting more scenarios. I look forward to the reprint with a deluxified version. But mainly I look forward to the walkthrough, the tutorial, because the game badly needs one. Not only to refresh my rules of the game, but also to get other people involved in the game as well. <clears throat> but we'll see when that comes out. Number two is... Ah, the Viscounts expansions. Gates of Gold and Keeper of Keys. Yeah, these were both really good expansions. I will throw them into every game of Viscounts of the West Kingdom if I play it. If they're not in the game, I'm not going to, um, you know, lose any sleep over it. It's They're great expansions. I think they should be in every game. But if you don't want to play with them, fine. It might be a bit much for new players. Uh, but the solo mode's already great in the base game. This just adds more options, more ways to score points, more cards. And I really enjoy what it adds. But you don't need it. But I do think that if you play this game a lot and you're comfortable with the rules, I think they are a must-buy. I just hate the fact they put it into two little expansions and price them accordingly as such. Not Why didn't they just make this one big box? It makes no sense. And then, oh man, am I looking forward to this one. Yes, this was highly anticipated and I'm still highly anticipating this one. I hear it's fulfilling as we speak. I'm seeing some people in Australia get this game. I'm not sure about America, but it might be a month. Probably I'm expecting a month will pass before I get my copy of it. At least a month, mid-March, I'm seeing it. And, you know, because it is, I think, in that stage of getting fulfilled, but the UK is going to take forever as everything. Thank you, government, Brexit. Um, but, yeah, this one, adding some extra sort of uh, kind of mini-story narrative arcs to your characters. So, like, you know, you get, like, little, almost a bit like the arcade mode in uh, Near and Far. You basically get, like, little paragraphs of text, like, you do this, you do this, what are you going to do? And the decisions can impact your levelling up and stuff. It sounds great. Now, the first expansion for Vindication was not a fan. Uh, you know, it added more complexity, and I pretty much never used that expansion. Base set Vindication is already great. This is one that I feel like I'm going to skip the first expansion and then use the base with this one all the time, Chronicles. And I'm really looking forward to seeing if this is a, a way to like get a bit of a refresh of the game. It has been a while since I brought this out. Uh, here we go, yeah. Characters will make choices about the backstory and manner in which they evolve, be it monsters, companions, whatnot. Myriad of pathways to new abilities and bonuses. Uh, characters journey, so character sheet progression effectively. So, yeah, yeah, little stories that you can do. I'm really looking forward to this one. I think this is going to be great. I mean, here's an example here. So, 
Yeah, just as the active player takes an action that yields a card to their tableau, another player will draw and present a chronicle card associated with the event and revealing a story beat. The reaction directly affects how the character progresses in the ways the player won't know until the choice is made. So, you know, rumours have led you here in your search for an object with your family crest and with a little luck some information about your heritage. You glide through the front entrance and immediately catch a man and a woman off guard. The man sneering and the woman with a knife to the throat of the proprietor. Option 1. Mention that you pass the town watch on your way in and they're mere seconds away. Option 2. Offer to buy the knife in exchange for the right to deal with the proprietor your own way. So, two very different things and, you know, two different outcomes. And I like the fact that this gives you a little bit of a narrative story to vindication. So I'm really excited for this. I cannot wait for this expansion. Soon, soon, soon. And I guess just to add on to the end, Deep Rock Galactic is fulfilling uh, soon. I probably will expect it in the next month. So looking forward to Deep Rock Galactic. And Earth is fulfilling soon, I believe. So looking forward to playing that one as well. So certainly some anticipated stuff on the way, but <clears throat> got plenty enough to get on with as it is. All right, take a final swig of the drink. And I think we'll wrap it up there after an hour. I'm quite impressed that my voice has managed today. It's done better than it did yesterday, so I'm definitely on the mend. But let's not overdo it. So no more videos to record today, as much as I would like to. But I think I'm in a position where I can get shorter videos done. I mean, I've just managed to do an hour of talking twice in a row. And I do feel it. It slightly stings a little bit, but not too much. But I reckon I could easily do a 20-minute talk review every now and again. And certainly these Beyond the Base Game videos don't take longer than, like, you know, I mean, there's takes, you know, there's takes that I have to do, but they're typically 20-minute affairs, you know, to put out. So, you know, in terms of the physical recording time, so those should be easier on the throat. So we'll see. Perhaps it's good to say that 90% I'm back. And I've missed you guys. I've missed everybody. Uh, hopefully you've uh, enjoyed the stuff I put out, you know, in those reviews. And hopefully you're happy to see some content return to the channel. But again... Thank you very much for wishing me well, for being patient, telling me that I didn't need to worry about the channel being offline for a little bit. You know, I hate the fact that during a non-busy time of the year in the industry, I had to be ill for a fortnight. That's really annoying because it's now put me back on the backbench for getting stuff done deadline-wise, which is really annoying. But I don't know. Such is my luck in life, I guess. So I'm going to... I need another swig. Yeah, I think I've reached about my limit. So I'm going to wrap up here. Thanks for everybody for listening and for watching, depending on your medium. Uh, hopefully you've enjoyed. Uh, leave your comments down below about the uh, games that I talked about in the anticipated segment. The, what are your thoughts on Marrakesh? What do you think about these upcoming games like Expeditions and the new Seven Wonders expansion and stuff like that? You know, I'll let you know my true thoughts as those uh, arise. But yeah, take care. Uh, take um subscribe to the patreon if you can share this video out on social media if you can like it you know thumb it up do whatever you can but let me know your thoughts and just you know what it's good to be back that's all i'm saying so take care and remember as always it's only a game bye for now everyone